monster. gentlemen welcome to a special episode nine of xenomorphing a hive mind podcast where we actually have our first guest today so everyone get excited i'm of course your host david gogol and everyone else say hi guest hold up we'll do a special introduction for you how's everyone doing <laughs> good man doing yeah. well so today will be a fun episode as we're talking aliens versus predator requiem Mm. And our special guest, Trent, actually worked on the film a bit. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Trent Shumway. Um, I, uh, I'm a freelance visual effects artist. I did work on the film. Um, and I'm, I'm honored to be the first guest, apparently, on this podcast. Yes. And, yeah, that's awesome. All thanks to, uh, and I was promised to a check. That, that's media. coming tomorrow, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're working yeah. on it. <laughs> I got an IOU in the mail. Uh... <laughs> you a rowdy pepper? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll put it in the uh, we'll put that in the in the episode description. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> Payment pending. <laughs> so I guess we'll start with some good intro questions. So, uh, Trent, how did you? What was your first experience with? Uh, with Alien, have you interest, you know, um, interested in the franchise, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah? Uh, honestly, first, it was the, um, the toy commercial for the 12-inch tall uh, big guy, or, or, the, or large chap, I guess, uh, as uh, Ridley Scott called him. Mm-hmm. As a kid, I was, you know, I was a little young. I was born in 74, so Alien was a little bit before me. And in fact, I saw Aliens before I saw Alien. But as a kid, the toy commercial came out. And immediately I'm like, I don't know what that is, but I want it. I never got one, of course. But immediately, because I've been a fan of monsters and stuff as a child and knew that this is going to resonate with me. This is something that, that I want to be part of. And of course, as the I finally see the films, I immediately became a fan. Um, I do like watching all the, all the films. I, you know, I, I've, uh, I mean, xenomorphs and predators and aliens that all, you know, that's basically what my buddies and I in high school would draw pictures in our class and be like, you know, wouldn't it be great if they ever did this you know, as a film or something? Because the AVP comics had just come out, I think in, I want to say, 91, 92. Yeah, it's and, about yeah. there. Eh? Yeah. yeah, and I, I remember seeing like, you know, just the still of, I think it's supposed to be Dutch's character in LA looking up at the sky and put the Predator mask on and he sees all the ships that are cloaked in the sky and it was just like, this would be the most amazing film ever made. As a 16-year-old kid, of course, you know, now it's like, all right, maybe not the most amazing, but entertaining, yes. Comic book mentality, man. Pulpy. Yes. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, man, and, and just uh, kind of dabbled around with sculpting and stuff as a kid, and thought and and did stop motion, and, and uh, was kind of a traditional artist for a while. Started thinking maybe I will work for Stan Winston or something one day. Um, and a friend of a friend of mine saw some stop motion films that I was making while in high school, uh, and I just got out of high school, and he contacted me and said, "Actually, I'd I'd like to bring you to Hollywood and uh, have you work on television if you'd like." And so I jumped at the chance and I uh, started working on stuff like uh, Power Rangers and Home Improvement and stuff like that. Nice. Literally just stop motion stuff at first and then learning some digital stuff and started to realize the digital thing was going to be more prominent because, you know, you had to work on more things and it was becoming more, you know, more was asked to me to do digital than it was to do stop motion. So started thinking, all right, well, maybe the digital side will, you know, I'll just do this for a while and I'll eventually move into practical effects and uh, practical effects never came around, but I ended up working on Aliens versus Predator movie anyway, because I had, uh, I saw an ad because I'm a freelance visual effects artist. uh, And I saw an ad for a company in uh, Santa Monica that was looking for additional help and answered the ad, had no idea what they're going to work on, walked in, knew they were working on films, though. And um, the first thing they said was, yeah, we're wrapping up on Aliens vs. Predator 2. And I'm like, okay, whatever you say next is I'm in. So, <laughs> no doubt. I, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. And they're like, okay. And so I came in and, yeah, I got to work on, uh, you know, a bunch of shots and uh, didn't get a credit, of course. Bastards. Mm. But, yeah, that's uh, cool. No, it was not yeah, cool. Yeah, that's I mean, you got a paycheck though, right? At we least okay. Okay. Yep. We'll get a Good. paycheck. Yeah, and they actually had the scroll. One of the so the visual effects house that I worked at uh, was called Hydraulics, and Hydraulics was owned by the brothers Strauss. The brothers Strauss obviously were all also the directors of the film. Right. Yeah. So they're rolling the credits one day in one of the rooms and it's next to the where I'm comping. And um, as they're rolling the credits, he's like, check it out. One of the Colin's like, hey, look, I put my grandma's name in there. She made pancakes for everybody on the weekends. Isn't that great? I'm like, yeah, that's great. Where's my credit column? <laughs> like, I've been here for a month. I've done a bunch oh of shots. Like, where's mine? He's like, yeah, <laughs> no don't doubt. get one. Yep. So, wow. That's oh, wow. Wild. I, but there was, honestly, they, they had a team of. I want to say over a hundred that were working on the film. So I couldn't get it. And she obviously ignored it with her pancakes over me. So (laughs) So you should have, you should have made him pancakes. (laughs) (laughs) Some waffles. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) I mean, you can't go wrong with pancakes. You really can't. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's worth more weight than VFX on the credit roll. (laughs) Really? It depends on the pancakes, maybe? Yeah. (laughs) Were the pancakes good at least? The trick is syrup. It's syrup that's pulling the weight on that one. But that's. (laughs) Shumway's waffles. So, man. (laughs) Shumway's waffles. That's a great name (laughs) right there. You should start that. You went in on this? (laughs) the wheels are turning yeah yeah that's all righty so um i guess we'll start with uh when did everyone first see the movie and of course trent i know you're gonna have a different answer i was wondering what to do first think of it when you first saw the final product but uh what was everyone's uh i I can see it i can jump in on that dave uh go ahead actually 
I stumbled in on the movie. I didn't even really know there was going to be a sequel to AVP. You know, I just wasn't familiar with the fact that there was going to be a sequel. Uh, I guess maybe because the, there was a relatively short run ad campaign on this movie because it felt like the lead time was longer on the first one. Cause uh, mm-hmm. I was just, I was living in a local city here, just down the highway, Edmonton. And I was passing through a multiplex and I just seen it on one of the signboards for one of the theaters. And I was like, holy crap, there's an Alien vs. Predator sequel? Well, I'm going to buy a ticket for that and watch it right now because I had free time, so I stopped in the theater and checked it out. And it was all just completely on the fly, so I mean, I kind of stumbled into the movie and didn't really know about it because I just I never really ran into the ad campaign while I was living in the city. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. Checked it out. And to say the least, it was... Uh, a little bit disappointing. <laughs> the first movie, the first movie was like, the first movie was kind of like, I don't know, kind of, an, it wasn't too bad of a theater going experience. Like I, I didn't really enjoy Resurrection, but I didn't mind AVP in the theaters. But this one, it was, it just, it felt like it was just kind of like two or three different stories kind of baked together. Like it just felt weird. Like it was like, there was this thing going on with these, the teenagers and at the same time, there was also like the stuff with the wolf hunting and, but, and then there's like another through line with like the sheriff and he's investigating the town at the same time too. And I don't know, it felt like you had a lot of co-current stories that, I don't know, they could have just broke it down a little simpler in the plot. I don't know, it felt like, I don't know, you know, aliens versus predator versus Dawson's Creek to just make a kind of dirty joke about it, you know? But I mean, because it just did, like those teenagers really hung out on the story as a weird, awkward thing. Like there was, I've always wanted to get back to what the sheriff was doing or what was going on with that military lady's family because it was just more interesting stuff. It wasn't like it, the CW stumbled into Alien versus Predator or something. It's just a really weird, awkward plug in the middle of the movie to have those kids keep showing up. Cause like, you know, Oh, they're at high school, you know? Oh, and then they're at the pool and you know, the bully comes to the pool, pushes them around. Then the alien intersects with that. And then finally the story gets on track with what those kids were doing. But like the whole first part of the movie, you're kind of following them. And it's like, what does this even mean to the rest of the movie? Kind of. And it's just, I don't know. It just, it felt disjointed, but I really did like the wolf. I honestly thought, uh, the actor there, suit actor, I believe it was Ian White. And he did a really good job in that suit. He was the last engineer in Prometheus too, if I'm not mistaken on that. Yes. I think I got that right. Correct. Correct. Okay. And he did, he's a guy who's like, there's people in Star Trek, they say, that can perform through makeup. He can do the same thing. He's got this ability yeah. to perform through a costume, give some character to something that's basically like a, you know, like it's a design of, you know, it's like a construction, a suit built around him. And he's still acting through that, like mannerisms, the way he tilts his head, the way he acts, like the jungle predator in the first movie did stuff like that. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, all the little personalities and quirks. Yeah, exactly. It, it's, it's, he, he was good. Uh, I mean, I also didn't mind the design of the aliens. It felt a little off from what Stan Winston's warrior looked like, but it was pretty close to that. And I always liked that alligator head thing where it's like the rough head with the ridge on it or whatever. And I always thought that was kind of cool. The more aggressive looking alien that had that kind of, you know, aggressive 
line on its top of its head like that instead of the canoe brain or whatever and i just you know i don't know there were some cool design elements uh I don't know the pred alien was all right. He he looked pretty cool. I guess what was his name? Chet. I guess was the nickname for the costume. But yeah, something. Yeah, and I mean I don't know. Like I just there were some things that worked, <laughs> but I mean in terms of the script, there's a lot of issues there. Uh, the lighting really suffered pretty badly. I mean, in the first pass, yeah, uh, it it had its moments, but it just I don't know. It kind of missed the mark. But, you know, it's kind of funny. It's like uh, when I get asked about, you know, the movies with the aliens in them, it's Resurrection's still the bottom of the barrel for me, you know? It's like this movie even manages to get over that just because, like I say, like the wolf, he was, you know, Ian White created an interesting suit character. Like, I mean, even the beginning part where he's in his little hunting trophy place and he takes off in his little shuttle, like it's it felt cool. Like, you know, you wanted to know more about him, less about the rest of the movie in some parts. You know what I mean? You know, it's almost like you wish it would just focus more in on him and just drop those teenagers in the town. Right. I mean, I don't know. I've done fan edits of like the prequels and like structurally, I I could see how you could completely lop those kids out of the movie and it, it wouldn't mean much. Like they could just come stumbling in like the rest of the town in the middle of the movie and it wouldn't really matter. Yeah. They're fodder. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's just, that's the way it felt. I mean, a lot of the human beings felt like fodder in this movie, even more so than the first movie where they were fairly much, fairly fodder in that movie too. But even here, it was like even more reductive. Like, like there's that guy who runs the pizza place and he shows up later, like, I want to ride in the tank. And you're just like, who is that guy? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like he, he ran the pizza joint. I seen him earlier and that's it. That's as much as you got. So I mean, yeah. it's just, it felt like there were a lot of characters that got just tossed away really fast in the plot. It didn't really mean a lot to it. And then the characters, even that they did build up, like that convict guy, the name Dallas, just woof, you know, like just come <laughs> really on. That's pretty wise. on the nose there, right? I mean, God. maybe try a different name, would have been a better <laughs> idea. But yeah, no, I, I could. I could be really cruel and just, you know, savage it a lot. But I mean, there were things that weren't bad. Like I said at the beginning, oh, there was some that. stuff that was okay. There was <laughs> stuff that was good. Like, I mean, I, I did like ADI's work as a whole. I just wish it was lit better. And I'll just leave it there for now. <laughs> yeah, uh, for me, I guess, wouldn't this come out 2007? I think um, I I think I probably went to see it with my dad. It's kind of kind of movie that we like to go see but honestly i went in with super low expectations i didn't uh um i wasn't a huge fan of the first avp i mean it was kind of entertaining but i just went in just wasn't expecting much and i i guess initial thoughts i didn't think i just didn't think it was a very good movie overall i thought um i did like that it was a thing i probably like most that was back to a hard r-rated film which i think uh predator and the predator and alien franchise kind of needs that for just because they're intense franchises and um intense films and i just don't think you know going pg-13 which i thought was a big mistake for the first avp was uh was proper so but other than that um I did like the scenes with the aliens and predators and the predator fighting, even though I could barely see what was going on a lot of the time. Um, and 
there was it's true in the previews it was like better lit they must have graded it down in post-production uh for maybe trent you probably know why they did that or uh you know the more insight on that in the (laughs) post-production but so for me it was just uh it was just kind of a kind of frustrating experience some some good things to take away from it but uh, overall it's just um i felt like kind of the side stories were just there to have a plot when it was um to have something going on other than just the the predator and aliens but uh and so that didn't really work that well for me but you know it was uh like michael though i would actually rather watch continue to rather watch avp requiem than alien resurrection wow Um, oh wow so (laughs) yeah okay uh, shots fired yeah (laughs) but uh <laughs> yeah, man, I, I'm stirring the pot tonight. What can I say? So. <laughs> well, it's it's, I, and I mean, just to bolster Ryan with a little bit, like just to make it sound kind of more like on a rational sense, it's just like the creature at the end of Resurrection. I mean, that thing was just a butt face, man. That thing was a joke. It was not scary at all, and that's really what it just kills the movie's buzz completely when you get to that ending and that's yeah. if it didn't have that ending on a lot of people say this, it'd probably be a stronger film and they're probably right. So if there was a different way to end it, maybe it could get a little bit of a better vote, but yeah, yeah. that ending really kicks you in the balls, man. <laughs> Oof. Mama! Yeah. Out the hatch it goes, man. That was so bad. <laughs> it, it was like, it was like the last Jedi when he threw the lightsaber, you're like, what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh my god yeah <laughs> we, wanna, we won't get into a luke rank that's all for a whole other <laughs> different time well resurrection <laughs> resurrection and the last jedi they're just both deconstruction movies you know let's just wreck the character with both of these films kind of <laughs> i definitely enjoy last jedi more than uh more than resurrection that's for sure yeah yeah, I yeah. suppose you know yeah. there's there's an yeah. adventure in it for sure. Res yeah. is just painful, man. It's just <laughs> tooth pulling, man. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see, God, for Requiem for me, um, I saw it. Oh, I think it came out on Christmas. I saw it on Christmas. I was going through uh, uh, a bad breakup at the time, so my friend, uh, you know, we went saw the movie. Figured it would cheer me up. Mm. So we. Uh, Ugh. We went and saw it, and I remember I was still in the phase where I was still pretty disappointed with the first AVP movie. Um, so excited for this one, rated R, even though I had a feeling the Earth thing was a death curse. Um, yeah. I first saw it, I, was, I didn't hate it, but I was like, "What? What was that?" I guess I was probably caught up in the energy, which happens to me sometimes. I get caught up in the energy of seeing the movie and the bullshit I was going through. So I was like, "Eh." It wasn't too bad, but over the course, you know, with my eyes open and actually seeing it, it's 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 probably for me. It's a below resurrection. It's one of the few. It's really the only alien movie I have trouble even sitting through. Um, but I agree with you guys. The the wolf predator is cool. Some of the stuff with the alien is cool. Um, I don't like the pretty alien design too much. Mm-hmm. Um, the writing, the characters, yeah. I don't want to just repeat what you guys said, but uh, yeah, just um, it's not one of my favorites now. Let's put it that way. Right. It's, uh, 
Well, uh, I'm be- a big creature guy, so I enjoy some of the, the creature stuff with the alien and predator, but the rest just want no part of. It's, uh, it's tough to get through. They actually had a video. I don't think it's on YouTube anymore, but it was uh, they cut out all the stuff involving the the teens and almost all the anything involving humans, and it just focused <laughs> on the the predator and the aliens. And it was like I don't know, forty minutes long, and uh, I was like, wow, this is actually <laughs> this is like a better short film. You know, it's like oh no no. I mean, I was looking at it. Like, even when I watched it, I watched it on the run-up for this cast, and I skipped through every part with the kids, and I found I was not i was not bankrupt of anything when I got to yeah. the end of the movie. I'm like, well, that didn't mean anything, so I didn't miss anything either. And then she got, the yeah. only part worth seeing is when the cheerleader gets gored on the wall with the circuit. That's unexpected. I will give credit to the Krauss brothers for subverting expectation. You'd expect that cheerleader to live to the end of the movie. But nope. not today. It's slasher time, brother. Right into the wall. The two <laughs> action sequences I did like. Um, the sewer sequence is pretty cool. Yeah. When, cool. Uh, when Wolf goes off, and I liked, um, even though it was in like a, a sporting goods store or a hunting store, when the predator uh, also everyone, that was a pretty cool scene. Oh, yeah. That was pretty cool, too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, that was pretty neat. Those, those two guys that are stoners, they pop up with the guns and he just blows their heads off yeah. simultaneously <laughs> with the little plasma casters, just bang, bang, like yeah. double guns. <laughs> it, it, movie has its moments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that moments. Definitely a real, yeah. pretty fun. Yeah. Well, Trent, cool. tell us a little bit about uh, your experience, like what you, you know, uh, working on post-production and then what you thought of the finished product and... So like with post, a lot of times you get, you'll get shots, you'll have, you know, it could just be single shot. It could be shot on a sequence. There's usually no sound. Mm. Uh, you have no backstory whatsoever. So you're just, you're just kind of working on shots. And, and because this place was the only vendor uh, who was doing the shots, uh, you could kind of walk around and just see the different kinds of things that was going to be shown. The prayer world was on this guy's monitor. And of course we're all huddled over like, this is going to be amazing <laughs> because you're expecting it to be more than just a few matte painting shots. And, and we're going to center on that. Um, and then you're seeing like uh, someone was working on the ship crashing and someone was working on, on like some of the alien stuff as far as like uh, the, it, you know, literally CG aliens versus just a guy in a suit. Um, mm-hmm. Because obviously the dog leg thing and and or, and the tail being whipped around, it's like, well, it's going to be easier to do this in the CG character than it would be to remove a bunch of rigs. So you know, for a, a good portion of the time working on it, you're thinking this is going to be incredible, you know. And yeah. but they did keep pushing the the color down, like the gamma just kept coming down. They would, in mm. fact, you would hear it yelled out because these guys they're kind of they're like from the Midwest and they're just going gamma down. They would just yell this out. And you'd be looking in shot and like, what do you think? And they're damn it down. Like, All right. And it got to be a joke. So that when we actually saw the film and it was like at the, at the studio uh, and they ran it for us, black comes up and someone yells out, damn it down. And we all just start laughing because it's like, oh, it's <laughs> but you know, there was, there was scenes that we were looking at and, and playing with and doing fun stuff with. It was really cool. And then, we all finally get to go see it. And to be honest, you're charged. It's the end of a production. 
you've been working your butt off. Right. And your first reaction is probably, you know, you're kind of looking through rose colored glasses, you know, and you're just like, hey, it's all together. And got it done. We got it done and it was fun and everybody had a good time. It's a, you know, it's a big horror film and there's blood and there's guts and everyone's having a good time. And then Woo-hoo. you kind of start talking and then you're like, so why do we spend so much time on, on that pizza guy? And, and, and how come, uh, you know, that was kind of, and then you, I watch it again with a friend. I'm just like, oh, this, yeah, I mean, they didn't write it. They, they just directed it, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of problems with the story. I think there, that it is, it feels like three fragmented stories, like Michael had pointed out. It's, and you really don't need any of that. You could have just concentrated solely on the military family Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe mm-hmm. had, you know, if you want to throw in the sheriff and and, the, and his and his buddy who's ex con, fine. But you're yeah, right, and, and, and a lot of a lot of the uh, you know uh, reception they got about it was that yeah, very much so. It was the WB meets Aliens versus Predator, and and it really isn't a side story that needs to go into because you're you're focusing so much on these bullies and stuff, and you're just like this doesn't go anywhere. And then again, once she's killed off. It's like, well, now it's really going nowhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Glad we spent all that time. And it was like, and I remember them saying, like, isn't that great that we killed her off? I'm like, I, I guess. <laughs> Shock <laughs> value. You got that much, yeah, man. Like, no, one, no one expected that for sure. It's like, you know, the predators are supposed to be these amazing hunters and stuff. And yet, like, one of the shots I get to work on and one of the first shots in the film is it fires around and punctures the hull of its own craft and I'm like i think maybe the hunter might be a little bit smarter than that like you <laughs> to fire from the hip and right, put right. in a mortal peril but you know that's what they did and then just him throwing that thing and she gets stuck to the wall i'm like it just went through a couple aliens and then stuck her to a wall i, I almost <laughs> wanted to cut back to the prayer like ooh, like sorry like nailed it boys i love the noise michael when you do a re-edit you gotta add that noise yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that or the like the plan. Yeah. Yeah. Go pull some WB sound. Yeah. <laughs> Will or Wilhelm or the, scream, you know. Yeah, yeah like yeah, I, yeah. I really wanted to like ABP one, like when we saw it in the theater, and you know, uh, it's just like, ah crap. It's number yeah. one in the Antarctic. I'm like, well, you said you're a fan. Mm-hmm. We're in the snow? Okay, sure, whatever. And it's like, all right, they tried something different, fine, can't fault them for that. But I, I kind of came out going, yeah. They could do better. And yeah. really was convinced uh, when working on this thing, like these guys are probably going to, you know, probably do better. But the biggest problem, of course, being your your central location is going to be Earth. Budget, yeah. It, it yeah. can be done. And it has been done in better films, I think. I think even Predators, where granted, it's not really supposed to be Earth, but we're obviously shooting on Earth. It's a jungle. Right. Uh, and I think it'd be compelling. But it just becomes this small town that you kind of go okay and you really don't get close enough to any of the characters to give a shit and by the time the new kids you're like i don't care no i had i had nothing vested in, in most of these characters so, so at, least, at least in avp it was on earth but it was so far in its own thing that it was almost exactly. like it was, well, was in its own yeah, it yeah. standalone it was an it felt, and shit. It felt yeah, like it the, felt, you know like carpenter's the thing it was yeah. isolated Locked away from society. But but you're focusing in on it's there's a mission. 
you know, she's going to go on a mission. First, she's kind of duped into it and then says, I'm not going to do it. But who'd you get? Well, I got this other person. Okay, well, I'm still in. All right, fine. Right. Uh, but yeah. at least you're focused on essentially just these characters you can get kind of right. close. And even the kind of tertiary yeah. characters, you're like, they're not just fodder. Uh, like the stoners in the, in the uh, you know in the shop, it's like you get to know them and then they're dead. So again, you don't really care. Um, and I can be a fan of that too. I, I love you know slasher flicks. So there's plenty of people who just show up to be killed. You know, they're cannon fodder. But you know it, it just it's kind a, of yeah, it, it's a great point. Like they use the slasher formula, but it's used poorly. You know, yeah, it felt like it was used poorly. And the thing. Yeah. The, when the alien predator franchise are done well, it's like they're they're supposed to be well made B movies. I mean, that's yeah, like, yeah. alien is yeah. sure it's a haunted house thing, but everything else is beyond a B movie. It's with the way it's written, the way it's shot, the, all the characters. Casting, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and even Predator, you know, is sure it's some um, you know testosterone-filled movie, but it's it's so well done. Everything is, even the the basic, you know, one-liners, everything is, it's a well-oiled machine. And, and you're and right, you get, though, because there's a guy who gets skinned in Requiem, and it's it's just, it's dead. It it's means meaning, nothing. It means nothing yeah. to you when you see it. And when you see it in Predator, it's like, wow, that's yeah. something, man. Wow. And I, and I get the idea, like, with, you know, with Predator, they've, they've had the benefit of showing us something we've never seen you've, you've never right. seen skin corpse before and and the way yeah. reveal hawkins and his crew you know wiped out and and uh, you've got dutch and his crew literally going i can't believe that you know they've built up these characters they mm-hmm. they walked into a firefight so you don't need to have any other shots of these guys you just have the corpses but you've built up that they're ultimate badasses mm-hmm. and then you leave a little mystery where it's like you know you've got billy who's like i don't believe they did yeah, and, like I'm finding shots all around, but I, you know, I don't see any bodies, anybody else, and yeah. it's like, okay, there's a little bit of mystery. Again, it's the first film; and it has the benefit of that. We, as the audience, going into a sequel, a prequel, you know, a, a multiple, you know, franchise mix-up. All right, we've got the benefit of knowing all this lore, and maybe you're going to give us more, which they're they're kind of doing. Mm-hmm. But you're right; it's like if you're going to show us those things. Well, then we need to, it has to have gravity. It has to have weight to it. And I, and I fear that, unfortunately, you know, I don't know if it was butchered in editing. Uh, those mm. guys bitched and complained about everything that they could bitch and complain about. And I never heard anyone ever say, like, they destroyed our film. So, mm. or, or the grade either. The color is, is, is their, their eyes. Because they're really, really talented uh, visual effects artists. They're yeah. in, incredible eyes. Except when it came to the grade, it was just like, I can't see anything. I can't see mm. it. all highlights. It's all blur. It, it, and now there's no impact because you okay. can't see these beautiful things. And I get it. You don't want to go, well, you know, show the effect as we made it. No, but you really do need to kind of widen out a bit. Cut the contrast better so you can see the silhouette yeah. lines. You know? Yeah. There's those beautiful yeah. production stills of the wolf and, and the incredibly, you know, uh, amazing, because the, the Pred Alien is, a, is an amazing suit. Yeah. And it, gorgeous in that light you never get a shot of it not even a lightning strike you know mm-hmm. yeah, they, they wash it out with shadows and rain but and you know they i think they were so convinced that 
Like there's there's a, a trophy room scene that is in it that you don't get to see how detailed it is. It's all CG, which makes sense. It's cheaper than to build a set. So right. all they shot was one of the predators working on something with a table in front of him and then a gigantic green screen. So then everything else around him, the trophies, the skulls, everything is all CG. It looked good though. I was just watched it, that scene yeah, yesterday. It looked really good. It looked really, really good until, yeah. so like when you work on, on film stuff or stuff that's going to be graded, you're working on a flat yeah, and then they, you, have, you have a keystroke where you can see what's called a lookup table or a LUT. And you'd be working on the flat going, man, this is incredible. Look at how little detail. And I mean, when the first time I saw Predator 2 and, you know, the trophy room shows up, every nerd in the world was like, oh, my God, you know, there's an alien skull there. Yeah. I defy you to find it in that shot because when I'm looking at the flat, it was incredible. And then my buddy hit the LUT and I'm like, it's all gone. Oh, uh, washed out. Oh, Shadows. It's, it's yeah. just so much gamma is taken down that you can't see it. Yeah. There's a scene when they're, they're transporting uh, some of the, the uh, embryos and the embryos I mean, not the embryos, excuse me, not the embryos. It's, it's all the chest brothers in the tubes and ADI yeah. had built puppets. And although they were cool and they were pretty articulate, they were controlled by guys um, with rods. So the rods were sticking into the thing. And unfortunately it didn't give the illusion of something that's submerged in water and is floating. So although there was really cool and it was practical and it's, and it's undulating and stuff, the weight of it wasn't there because now it's suspended, it, you know, and so it doesn't look like it's in fluid and I, all that stuff kind of got replaced with CG. You can't see that in the film. It's, no, you no. know, some guys are walking by and like, I think that's, I think those are aliens. They're silhouetted, but all right. You know. yeah. What a waste. It's too bad. I mean, I, I, think, I think they really thought that they needed to bring everything down to make the realism show. Because the problem with CG, of course, is as good as CG can get, you know, it's there's still an uncanny valley and and that's the problem with that thing prequel they stomped on the practical effects team there right yeah, that's what and, happened and right again, yeah they made their own movie about it uh Harbor yeah. down because they were like well yeah. want to showcase yeah. what we do you know? right yeah, yeah. even so that's interesting had the same issue Yep, Odd Studio, Odd Studio got in the same kind oh. of situation where their effects got wiped over by CG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Odd mean, Studio did beautiful work. Well, it, and, there, work. and there's stuff that that was that was done um, digitally that I like. I did the two chest blister scenes of the kid and 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 the and the, the dad and the kid in the in the um, on the hunting grounds. And uh, and when I just just to clarify. Anytime I say I worked on a shot, there is a possibility someone else took up that shot or I picked up someone else's shot because there was, it was weird. Like at hydraulics, you would kind of work on something and then suddenly up and, and move you over. And you're like, is, am I doing something wrong? And they're like, no, 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 work on that thing. So someone else would pick up your shot. Like I picked up a cloaking shot and ended up doing all the roto electricity and stuff on it. Someone else had set up the, the, the cloaking thing and it looked gorgeous, but I got to do the electricity. And then, so it's like, it's not really my shot. It's just, there's a part of it that I contributed to. Right. But I worked on the chestbuster stuff, and you know, God forbid. I, I mean, I wish they could have done a film at this point where a chestbuster looked convincing. It's like, guys, it's it's been done since the '80s. Like, just do yeah. that, especially mm -hmm. for the close-ups. It's like we shouldn't have a CG thing. You've got the puppet already made, right? Yeah. Do that, and they chose to do CG. Well, the, one of the hardest things to do is fluid, and one of the really hardest things to do is blood. 
blood popping out of something and sticking to fabric and dripping down and, and yeah. draining out properly. Yeah. CG blood is tricky. Yeah. Always a giveaway. Yeah. Even, even if you've shot a practical spray of blood on green screen or blue screen or whatever, uh, and you comp it over something, something in your eye tells you, nope, or your brain is really not something. If something in your eye is telling you something, you should go see a doctor. <laughs> But it's something your brain automatically says, ah, there's something off. It's just not there. Yeah. Uh, and it's yeah. something with the edging. It just it doesn't make sense, but it, it, it never quite looks right. I understand why they do it. It's a cost thing. Cleaning someone up, getting new wardrobe, that's thousands and thousands of dollars. You're burning money as you're doing trying to take. I get that. But you've got a close-up of a guy's chest. Just put a puppet in there. guys right there. They've got it. Yeah. Shoot that. Instead, we've got this thing, and it's like, I don't think that you benefited anything. There's no more articulation from the CG puppets than you ever got in those quick shots. The Stan Winston stuff looks great. The stuff in Alien looks great. You know, yeah. that's 1970-something technology. Yeah. Well, that's so, even yeah. recently. Villeneuve, he shot lots of 2049 with practical model work, extended things with CG. Because, right. like yeah. you that's, say, that's the way that, to do texture, it. that yeah. texture you get, yeah. you can't replace mm -hmm. that. Well, that's the thing we always say in, in VFX. Like, if you can shoot it, do that. Because yeah. it's always going to look real. And you can get the performance you want yeah. right there. And, and I think the, the crux that a lot of filmmakers um, kind of rely on, or crutch, I should say, not the crux. The, the crutch that they kind of rely on is they'll fix it later. No, don't do that. If, yeah. if it can be photographed, it should. Mm. And that's the thing. You've got these suits. They're beautiful. Mm -hmm. Just just shoot that. Yeah, there's plenty of stuff of like the CG aliens popping out out of manholes and running around and stuff. Okay, for anything where you need to have it running around and you can't get a guy to do that, or it's going to take too much time to remove a rig because the legs don't move that way, I get it. But then move on mm -hmm. and go back to the practical and maybe tighten in on that shot. And and because when you put KY jelly all over foam rubber that's been painted beautifully by these these artists, it nothing looks better. Right? Yeah. And, and that wolf alien and the pred alien, all that stuff in the right lighting and everything, it is phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, God. But we just didn't that's have the same. One of the many reasons Alien still holds up is everything still looks great 35 years great. later. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, look, we, we could be waxing nostalgic too. There's there's shots when he does the hug me, you know, at my Dallas, where he, they hold on the yeah, arms. Oh, kind yeah. Of, yeah. yeah. Uh, what is it? The but, second movie, you can give them some green screen and a hard time in Aliens a few times. Like, I think the dropship yeah, crash. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but you know, you're talking the dropship coming down. Yeah, but that's that's photochemical stuff, optical print. Yeah, back exactly. It's rotoscoping and it ages. Right, exactly. And it's and it's it's difficult. Um, and, and, and the balancing of colors and stuff, that's, that's hard to do. Uh, but, you know, when you see ripley look and scan the ship and and everything is just kind of highlighted and then suddenly part of the ship starts to move the, you know the hairs in the back of your neck start to go oh jesus yeah and, yeah. and the aliens when she's like there's movement all around and then you see something kind of move and there's a tail unwinding good god your butthole <laughs> <Yeah>. but, <laughs> but yeah. unfortunately it, replicating that in cg it's it's always hard. It can be done, but it's really, really hard. And considering yeah. it, there's a ton of shots in this movie, and and that's the other thing is 
I think because there's so many shots, well, now your resources are allocated to, okay, we can only spend so much time on this, 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 because mm-hmm. you've got to kick them out. And they're doing mm-hmm. screens. They're doing, you know, every time he puts on a helmet, every time you see what they see, all that, all that stuff is all under one house. It's, you know, it, it's all hydraulics. And they did a phenomenal job. Unfortunately, with the grade that they chose, it kind of goes out the yeah. window and you don't get to mm-hmm. see a lot of the beautiful work that was there. So that's interesting. So like the, so I guess the, my thought, and I think a lot of people felt that uh, toning down, bringing down the color was a decision by 20th Century Fox, but that was actually the Strauss brothers that. From uh, what I, what, what I uh, noted, yes, it was mostly the Strauss brothers. And they had yeah. a on, on, because, you know, I, I think one of the, you know, and I don't think I'm talking out of school here. One of the things that attracted 20th Century Fox to using the Strauss Brothers is they own a visual effects house. Well, right. You're going to get a discount there. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah. these guys killed two birds at one stone. Yeah. And they yeah. had done some, they had done some music videos and stuff. They had, you know, they had pulled off some, and they, I think they even did some second unit stuff at that point, but this was going to be their, you know, their feature foray. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think they, they, I'm sure they had kind of, the the final touch as far as we want it to look like this sure somebody at 20th century fox if they saw something that looked like what they considered not done they would have backed it off a bit and if fox really had a problem with it i think they would have backed it off a bit right so because i mean it's your franchise mm-hmm. you don't want you yeah know, jeopardize that so i obviously everybody kind of gave a thumbs up and let it go mm-hmm. so hmm. And uh, the other thing is too, it's, it's, you know, when you're projecting uh, your feature film, whether it's, it's on film or if it's, it's a digital file and you're in a studio lot and everything is calibrated just right, mm-hmm. where you're looking at thousands of dollars of monitors that, you know, that us artists are working on that have been calibrated just right. Or in the case of hydraulics, they had their own theater in there, so they would run their shots. And again, everything is pristine. There's a projectionist who knows this thing. Well, now you go to thousands of different theaters around the country and the world, you know, and suddenly the bulb is, hasn't been replaced in two years. And this, you know, and the lighting's kind of, so it's like, you kind of have to, it's, it's a roll of the dice because you never know what's going to happen. Now, a lot of this happened with a lot of the uh, 3D stuff, the stuff that was done for 3D. Well, the, the gamma comes down really hard. So you kind of find you're squinting because if it's too bright, it doesn't work as well. Mm-hmm. Well, anyone who's watching it, as just a mono, not stereo, you're like, what the hell? It's it's too damn dark. So I think it's kind of a roll of the dice when you start to bring everything so far down. Right. Um, I do appreciate the fact that it wasn't like an old X Files episode where it's like brightly lit and they've got flashlights and they're like, oh, shine it over here. You're like, you can see you. I can see it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but I think, yeah, I think they they went a little overboard on that, and unfortunately, I think the film overall suffered because of it. Right. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you can't blame them for kind of getting into the idea of like wanting to have shadows because I mean, sure. having 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 some darkness and using you know sp- specifically the alien, it's really good to you know you want to use darkness for that yeah. thing. Yeah. You want to keep them. Because like alien. Keep hidden. Yeah, because like alien covenant, like I mean, there's that part where it's bounding around on the deck fighting with her, and it's just yeah. it's lit in daylight, and it's just. Wow, you're letting down the alien's design. It's a it's a dark stalking creature. Like, why would it attack her in the daylight? Wouldn't it hide on the loader or something? Wouldn't it just try and stay out of sight, and get on the ship? Mm-hmm. 
Wasn't that what the queen did in Aliens? And I answered the question just by like, I just chopped the scene out in a fan edit I did. And I figured out a way to give it and give you the impression that that alien jumped onto that cargo ship and flew up to the ship and actually just stayed there the whole way. Instead of having two aliens running around in the movie, you just have one. And the thing's just clever enough to ride that ship up there. And it ends up on the covenant at the end of the movie instead. Just the way it's just clever editing just tricks it out, makes you makes you think, oh, okay, there was only one alien. And it never died yeah. and it never got crushed in the crane and none of that ever happens. And it's just it's just some some sharp edits just right in that sequence there. And I was surprised. I just I tried it out once and I was like, I didn't like the daylight. I just wanted to see this alien operate entirely in darkness and just see it at the cathedral and then up on the ship at the end and it was actually a really effective cut because like you say like just yeah like having the darkness it it, it can really do things favors like you say the x-files completely unscary in moments same thing with covenant like the thing running around in the daylight i I don't feel suspense like she can see it coming she can swing away from it you know what's coming at her right i mean and I think that's that's where it becomes, you know, it's obviously a difficult thing for like if you've got something in broad daylight, it's it's always not as scary. Although like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original one is my favorite because it, it scares you during the day. Yeah, um, effective but, film. But broad daylight, yeah, I mean, darkness helps hide your crimes. And in production, you're always trying to hide the crimes. But and even in the original Predator, I don't think we ever get a shot or Predator Two, we don't ever get a shot of the creature with its helmet off unless it's a darkened room or it's outside right. and it's nighttime. Um, mm-hmm. It does help hide your crimes. Um, but if you do have to do it during the day, there are ways to, you know, try to just navigate around those and, and find what's the best way. And I think if you're going in knowing you're making a monster movie, that's the first hurdle you got to try to go over. It's like, okay, well, how are we going to light this thing? How's it going to look? And I mean, like, like we talked about the thing earlier, Rob Oteen's, you know, masterwork, it, mm. you know, to this day, unsurpassed as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you know, that movie's a masterclass. Oh, it's, and it's um, my favorite John film. It's timeless. It's, it's amazing. It's timeless. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Scott's, Scott's Alien and The Thing, man. Carpenter's The Thing and Scott's Alien. I'm, I'm nuts for both of them movies. Nuts. Yeah. Them. But they, they hide their time, any day. Yeah. It's, it's ah. gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's and, and those effects to this day, you go, I don't see CG looking better than yeah. that. No but the, Rob would make these gorgeous mm-hmm. things, and even Dean Cundy, the DP, was like, then he want like put a little tiny pin light on. He's like, you didn't want to light it, and it was just like, well, I, I kind of get it because those Norse heads and everything, man, they look photo real because they're there. They look yeah. like they're there because they're there. I don't know in broad daylight if the lights are all on. If you pulled an American werewolf in London and it had all the fluorescence on, would it would it hold up? Maybe, maybe not. That's and awesome so, movie too. Yeah, but fantastic. <laughs> oh. But uh, it's it's hard. It's like you know, with the with the predator though, I think you could show him more for sure. Oh. Like even when you're on his world, you're still in shadow. Like when he's just mm-hmm. his throne. It's so dark, and you never really get a great shot of the wolf's face, um, which is too bad. Those sequences, uh, those sequences on that planet were great too, man. I love gorgeous. that. That's a really wonderful yeah. sequence. They and did I a wish, good job. I wish there. The, the name of the map painter, I can't remember for the life of me, but yeah, they did a great job on it. And that's the thing oh, is yeah. they they did bring in some really cool elements. I think that although the film is flawed, um, and it's definitely not my favorite to get through. Uh, <laughs> 
it's it's still got some cool stuff that they brought into the lore. I yeah. like the idea of the whip. That's cool. I like mm-hmm. the plasma caster. You know, I guess to be removed, and he's now got kind of a uh, a pistol pet thing or or shoulder thing. So that when, when a human picks it up, now they can fire it too. Brad, you know, um, the pred alien thing. Obviously, mm-hmm. that was that was taking what they did in the end of the of the first ADP, and then just kind of the natural progression of it. Um, but then their you know interpretation of like, no, now he is going to impregnate through your mouth, and then you're going to get this coming out. It's like there's little ads that they got to put in that are really cool. Unfortunately, the story is just, it's just not compelling. Um, I think we have a lot a much bigger forgiveness scale for some of, you know, the previous films because the story's there. Right. And again, they didn't yeah. write, they had the task of just directing, producing and, and, and doing, you know, the visual effects for it. So I, I think no matter how many bells and whistles you get to throw at it, no matter how much sugar you're going to put on that shit, it's just a big turd <laughs> sugar on it. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. The story just isn't there, and you're not compelled. And although the visuals are can grab you when you can see them, and there's some beautiful shots in there, it just – you just don't care, and you don't care about any of these characters. Yeah. Yeah. Did the brothers, Strauss, do they have uh... – any pro- like if any input on the script, any problems with the script in 20th century is just like too bad. You guys just need to direct it. I, or, you know, I don't remember if they ever mentioned anything about that. Okay. I, I don't think, I don't think they had input on it, but they, I mean, I, other than maybe inputting ideas, like I, like the, the plasma gas we talked about and, and right. maybe, I'm sure like when the creature stuff has come around, like I'm saying like the impregnation, I don't know if they, if that was their contribution or not for sure. Yeah. Uh, but, and I mean, they would make their opinions vocal throughout the shop, you know, whether you want to hear it or not, it's you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, this and that. And so, but I can't remember if they had any input on that. I see. And again, I came in kind of the tail end too. So I didn't get the, I didn't have the benefit of like they right. started with them. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have, um, cause I know being a fan, is there anything in particular you really enjoyed working on? Yeah, dude, I got to do a predator electricity thing during the V cloaking thing as a kid. That's awesome. That's how I learned how to draw electricity. Yeah. Oh, and, that's cool. And so like, that's really cool. I get this decloaking shot and they already, like I said, the decloaking was already set up. Somebody had already done this beautiful job. And I, we had replicated that on, on other shows. I've worked on TV shows and stuff like, cause you know, that's the coolest freaking shot in the world. <laughs> it's that, that our, our Greenberg shot that they did back in 80. When was Pre- uh, Predator 1 was like, uh, 87, and we're still replicating that. Um, so, I I have been drawing electricity and stuff on a lot of television shows and things. And so um, I tried to, I was talking to one of the brothers. The brothers would kind of come at you singularly and they never, ever really linked up. So you would get one guy going, make it green. And then the other way, come in and go, make it red. And you're like, wait a minute. Um, and so eventually I got them like cornered together and was like, look, let me just draw it. Because there, there are some software programs you can do where you can literally draw a point from here to there and it will draw electricity. And I said, you need this to be contoured to its body. It's going to take me far too long to try to do some, you know, aug- uh, some some automated process. It's really never going to look that way. Just let me draw it the way they did back in, you know, the original one and the second one. Just let me draw it, and then you guys can, you know. And they so they gave me like five or six hours to just kind of do some quick stuff and throw some clothes on it and stuff. And they're like, yeah, all right, do that. And uh, yeah, I was like, this is why I started Roto and Electricity as a kid. It was just like, this is, you know, the Predator, like all that. Oh, yeah. 
Texas Rod never gets old. It's always it's always so cool. Yeah, it's so (laughs) rad. Uh, I got to do the baby bursters coming out of um, the pregnant woman in the in the ward. Um, Yeah, they had uh, AV uh, ADI, so Amalgamated Dynamics Incorporated um, had built uh, puppets that shot out separately so we got it in almost like a split screen kind of thing so one went then another went then another went then another went um and so i had to take and put those all together and then there was no time for cg assets they told me uh their cg team was tied up uh and they were like you know but it's going to have blood spurting out and goo and stuff and so i'm like let me just take a crack at it i'm going to draw some like goo and things then i will you know put some glows and stuff on it and, and, and get some highlights and and just kind of got gross with it um and it's a you know it's such a quick shot in the film right. i think all of a second or two but yeah just being able to draw on these things and and uh the cg supervisor was just like it's never going to work it's never going to work it's going to look like shit and then when we rolled it, they're like, well, all right. Goes in. I'm yeah. like, cool. Yeah. Like, oh, no, no revisions. Just not, like, <laughs> it was, it it was, was quick, fun. but it was a pretty cool visual. Oh, yeah. So four cool. little. And then I did, yeah. Baby, I did, like, baby bird bursters. Yeah. The, <laughs> and they, they even asked me, they're like, so are you any kids? I'm like, yeah. I said, my wife. <laughs> At the time, my wife was pregnant, too. And they're like, yeah, you should tell about this. I'm like, I will. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of rolled her eyes. I'm like, I made some babies pop out of like, oh, okay, us. Okay. Good. Uh, here's here's, da- here's daddy's other children. Here's- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, I got Space to do. Parasites. I picked up a couple of shots that other people had started. Like I, I did uh, when the the first blast, when the first uh, predator shoots at the alien or the pred alien on board. Uh, I picked up some other shots here and it, like a lot of cleanup stuff here and there because you know they were running gunning when they were shooting in Canada. And so well, yeah, you were in, uh, you were involved with a bunch of the stuff at the beginning. You're saying, eh? I was, right? I, no, I was, I was well, like, like just in the early shots, like you say, some of the posts, like just going back in the beginning, like you said, you've seen a bunch of the sequences of that stuff, eh? Oh yeah, yeah, From yeah. The intro I, I got, got to see like because they some of those shots, like I'm sure the Predator World was probably revised and revised and revised and revised like that, that that thing was probably from day one till the end they were just tweaking and tweaking and tweaking mm-hmm. and by the time i saw it it was it had been tweaked to the umpteenth degree and it looked incredible just yeah. gorgeous yeah. they did they did a good job it matched yeah. up good with how anderson showed the antarctic where they had their yeah. pyramid and stuff everything and it, I, it matched that yeah. visual aesthetic well yeah mm-hmm beautiful and just the lighting and stuff is great and, and his throne and, and um, uh, you know, that stuff looks phenomenal. And like I said, like the, uh, the interior of the ship was uh, you could see where there you would take it down, except for the trophy room. Like you really emphasize those things. Like, you right. know, have some spotlights on those. It's a shame. There was Show one, speaking yeah. of the beginning, there was one cool shot I liked um, when they're in the ship. I think it's before, the um, the predalien um is uh you know comes out there's a i think a predator or two like they're carrying like two canisters like the face hugger in there it looked so yeah. cool but it was just so quick. so fast it's yeah so it looks it lo- i'm like yo this is this looks cool <laughs> and, and, it, and it's you know it's the story time it's like yeah. Because you have to, you know, they're obviously not going to have any dialogue, or maybe they will, but it's going to be all and you have to have a <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> I, I honestly thought the ship was going to crash on another planet. I did. I thought it was headed to a different planet and they were going to crash somewhere else. And that's where the I'm sure if they had 300 more million dollars, it would have. Yeah, I know. I know. It's <laughs> what it came down to. Colorado was a lot cheaper. Yeah. Well, Colorado by way of Canada. So yeah, I know Vancouver. I know, man, Vancouver pretending to be Colorado. And apparently I, from what I understand, uh, they did not get along well with their crew. Uh, and uh, a lot of their shots were a little out of focus. So that's true. <laughs> I yeah. think they sort of a bit. They're like, there you go. <laughs> oh, but and they they did you know they were complaining about like just the uh, Canada has you know they has a ton of television and film being shot up there. So uh, the actors that are available to you, they're they're busy. They're working. You know they're yeah. working a lot. And so they had mentioned like they were not as happy with you know the ones that were always available and stuff and it was just like okay well you know mm. get what you get yeah. uh it, you know you gotta it, it's it's the 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 foibles of, of being a filmmaker it's like okay well you know i'd love to have you know sigourney weaver well you don't get sigourney weaver you get yeah. the, <laughs> she'll be your you know pseudo sigourney weaver in this one okay fine you that's know. true yeah that's right yeah, they didn't really. Yeah, they didn't get much star power in that. Yeah, in that, I, I no, didn't mind. Was, yeah. That gives I, you more of the slasher feel, you know, feel too. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't like with especially with the horror and alien movies. Like the big names are nice, or at least one of them. But sometimes it's nice having the when it's done right, the no names who can kind of make a well, name for themselves. But so here's some insider case. Here's some inside stuff for you. They approached Swartzen. They wanted him to make a cameo. And the Strauss brothers had bought him some crazy liqueur thing that apparently is made with turtle blood or something. Hmm. And like yeah, that's my weekend list. It, yeah. Uh, <laughs> who's sorry? Who's sorry that, did you say? Was... Uh, they were trying to get Schwarzenegger to Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and so they bought him this, you know, this booze that apparently made with turtle blood that he that he likes. They had gotten <laughs> their rep had told them they, they had talked to his rep or something, tried to entice him to do it, couldn't get him. They tried to reach out to Bill Paxton, God rest his soul, yeah. uh, to appear as the cook because he's like, uh, in Greg Strauss's own words, he's like, he's been killed in the Aliens movies, he's been killed in the Prayer movie, now he'll be killed in the Alien versus Prayer movie. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, take it. He said no because I'm working on this shot, and that's not him. He's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fine. So they they had tried. They wanted to get a couple cameos in there, but it was just like you know, I'm sure also too like, uh, you know. It's cool, but was the money there? You know, it's because yeah, yeah. Sure Century Fox is like, it's up to you guys. We're not putting any more in this budget. You know, yeah, right. Yeah, got to be cameos for cameos don't work. Like you know, it's much maligned. I kind of enjoy the the 2016 Ghostbusters, but what a waste. There was no need to throw um, Ackroyd and Weaver and Murray in there just as like nods to the French. It was a waste. It's mm -hmm. it's. It's For so sure. it was, dangerous. I mean, it's away, and it took away from the good of the movie because now it, you're sitting there going, "Oh, look, it's the regular ones," but it's not them, and it just takes away from it. However, <laughs> though, from a studio standpoint, like I'm a voice actor, and and so like you know, the idea of a lot of roles go go immediately to somebody else just because of the namesake. I understand on both sides. On one on one side, as an actor, you're like, "Well, wait a minute." you know, is this the right person for the role or are you just doing it for the namesake? And mm, from the right. side, I totally get it because you have your fans who are like, I want to see 
Ernie Hudson. I want to see That's true too. Ernie Rounds. Speaking of which, uh, on the premiere of uh, or the premiere the the premiere for our, the studio that, w- that we work for, I go to approach uh, Tom Woodruff Jr., who's uh, one of the guys at AVI, who's also yeah. a super performer, and because they had come out with a book of AVP one, the making of, and I'm a giant creature effects nerd, so it's like I want to go talk to him and um, see if they're going to make a, a book for this one too. Mm-hmm. As I'm walking up to him, I realize the guy that I'm interrupting, because I just blurted it out. We had a couple of drinks beforehand. And stuff. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm like, sorry, excuse me. Hey, man, you know, really love the movie and stuff. And, and you guys did a great job. He's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, you yeah, guys did that book for the first one. And, stuff. and I look over, and I'm like, I just interrupted Ernie Hudson. I don't oh. know why Ernie <laughs> Hudson was there watching MVP2 with us. But there he was. And Ernie Hudson's looking at me like, y'all done? <laughs> oh, that's fun! And they're like, "Yeah, we're going to have another book." I'm like, "Okay, well, I'm going to buy it." And he's like, yeah. "I just uh, talked to Winston Zedmore." Yeah. <laughs> I interrupted Winston. Well, accidentally talked to him. Yeah. <laughs> I love those. I'm a sucker for those making of and art of books. Oh my lord. Yeah, I love oh, yeah. I, and that's documentaries a, like that too. So. Oh, yeah. As a kid, that's that's what got me into visual effects was you know stuff that you'd watch and suddenly there was going to be a making of, of Empire Strikes Back on television. And there's Phil Tippett moving a stop motion tauntaun. As a kid, you're like, that's yeah, awesome. Oh shit! And like hit the yeah. hard record and playing that stuff back. I still watch all that stuff. Oh yeah, that's like well, Disney. Like Disney Plus has that stuff. Mando thing right that's, now. Disney Plus is huge, yeah. popular, yeah. Mm-hmm. incredible. And it's yeah, it's the, the behind movie, the scenes looks. The movie magic stuff just it yeah. never gets old. Yeah. Like uh, I remember when I was watching one of the AV, the first AVP behind the scenes. I think oh, was it on HBO back? I don't even remember when. And they showed the. Um, how they did the alien queen with the miniatures with the eggs and ever ever once i first saw that i could never unsee it and then in um an alien i watched them behind the scenes when they flushed the alien out of the airlock like it was done with like a like a fire hose or yeah that. oh yeah. yeah with the water and every time i watched them I'm like oh man that's so cool <laughs> well that's and, like that's like aliens the 80s with a um, mirror are you about there's the, a part the mirror with the, with the uh, cryo tubes yeah oh, oh what is it aliens uh what is it there's like the light bulb they push through the cotton to create the nuclear explosion. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. It's a light bulb through cotton. And I, I can't unsee it now. It's always just <laughs> a pile of cotton with a light bulb sticking up at the end. And I'm yeah. like, it's so cool. Same. Or you, or you look Director. at alien and there's just a spotlight and it's just, all it is is a spotlight in the background. And that's actually the sun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's just a flood standing in the set. Yeah, the last shot that you see of the Terminator in the original Terminator is just an LED bulb a cigarette and two pieces of cardboard with tinfoil on it kind of moving past so that when it gets close up to the eye, I'm like, that's that's the kind of filmmaking that I love. Jeez. And that's the kind of thing I grew up on. Gorilla. And it's just, <laughs> yeah. you know, well, yeah, it's like what's out of frame, you don't need to worry about it. It's just yeah, right. whatever you can get yeah. in that shot. Yeah. You know, it's it, all it, you need. And I think yeah. unfortunately what we've what we've kind of moved more towards is instead of those creative you know, workarounds to problems and hurdles that you, you face as a filmmaker, you rely solely on things that, you know, it's almost like a director goes, and then some stuff will happen here. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but not, <laughs> not there. You're not present. 
And, and posts can be a great thing. There's a lot of great stuff that we can do. And there's a lot of fixes that we do on a regular basis. And you should never believe anything you see. However, <laughs> you know, it can also be really, really bad. It can, it yeah. can also look really, really wrong, or it just doesn't have the same impact. Uh, when you see, you know, people responding to something like Luke and the Rancor, you know, Rancor is 18 inches tall. But right. wouldn't know that because Hamill is selling it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and he's being crushed by a giant hand, and I think the only thing that's life size is the giant hand, you know, that that's holding him. But it, in your mind, and with the sound effects and the music's going, yeah, you're buying it because that, mm-hmm. that he's able to re- respond. And now, granted, they can't just have a you know real rancor on set. If they could have, they would have. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the idea of, of relying so much <laughs> on PG all the time that it's like. Eh, it can be dangerous, you know. It's like yeah. it, you can film it, just it, do. yeah. It, it take it could take you out of the out of the moment because now instead of being into the scene, you're looking at like you mentioned before with the you notice oh that's the CG blood instead of going whoa you notice mm-hmm. that it's not realistic blood splatter. Yeah, yeah. You know, just someone who wa- wa- watches tons of slashers, you could tell the difference. It makes oh it yeah, there's a difference. there's a shot of the body that's hanging from the trees in ABP Requiem. CG flies. And I'm like, you got any you, you put some carrots yeah. on that thing, they're going to stick. Just yeah. get flies, put them on that thing. And they're like, oh, we were in the woods, we had to shoot some shit, we'll just put some CG in there. It's like, all right. I don't even know if you see it in the, in the final cut because it's so dark, but yeah. it's like, <laughs> it's, it's flies. You know, just get some flies and put it on yeah. there. You know, the puppet's there, let's put it up there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sugar water, man. And sugar water. To get them, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Smear some cap upon it. They'll come. Trust me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's ways to get them. Put some meat on there. Just tie a little meat to the yeah, dummy. Watch exactly. how. Watch the fly show up. <laughs> it wasn't hard. Like the the behind the scenes stuff. The two making of books by uh, J W Rinsler. Uh, making of alien and making of aliens are spectacular. Mm, okay. I mean, yeah. they he transcribes everything. And his interviews, all the little minute details, behind the scenes stuff, and stories you've never heard before. It's very, very detailed. It's in my in my opinion, they're must reads. Okay, I mean, they're spectacular. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, make my... yeah. It's like you it's... just just watching Aliens again. I watched it recently. My son, it's like you know, and I'm kind of a bad dad. I it's every once in a while I show him something a little too rough, <laughs> uh, but. Um, I want him to see like practical stuff so that when you see, you know, that the Newt's family going in and out of the place and that town and the wind is blowing, I'm like, those are models. Yeah. I defy you to find a model shop anymore. They don't exist. Yeah. Right. It's and it's really sad. And, and occasionally you get a filmmaker like I think um oh, why am I blanking on his name? He just did tenant crying out loud. Chris uh, Nolan. Chris Nolan. Thank you. Yeah. Nolan still kind of tries to shoot a lot of stuff like that, and obviously, like Peter Jackson was shooting pictures and stuff when he was doing Lord of the Rings and stuff. But yeah, I think as they as time goes on, he's kind of leaning more towards CG stuff. But it's like nothing looks more real than something that's really there. And right. Yeah. You know, we talked about the thing. We talked about aliens. Those movies are going to stand the test of time. And I don't think it's just because it's something we grew up in our childhood. It's because they set the bar. Mm-hmm. You know, and the visual standard and, and the kind of action pace. I mean, like, yes, Aliens is an action movie, but it's also a great sci-fi movie. It's also a good horror movie. Mm-hmm. It's also such a 
you know, it's, it, you can see there's a vision. Right. Uh, and it's inspired so many things. And I've just picked up my son, like Walmart had, uh, you know, I think it was, um, uh, I can't remember who makes a toy, but it's like, it's, you know, it's a little APC. Right. And it's, oh, it's not Lenard, the scale. Lenard. Thank you. That was a torture. Kenner uh, Reproductions. Well, but I don't, was the APC in the original Kenner line? I think the APC is new for this. It might have been something Leonard, Leonard added to probably. Yeah. Like, and it's cool. they, they've been adding a lot of stuff too, and it's just all fun colors and yeah. craziness. And relatively inexpensive. I actually have an original Kenner Scorpion, and I got him at a garage sale for a buck, just like a Hey. Maybe 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 mm-hmm. like maybe ten years ago, and it was a fluke. I'm like, hey, I didn't even know it was worth something until I checked him out in a toy mag, and I was like, oh wow, this guy's actually something that matters. And then I got more into the alien found him, found out he was actually a you know a rare thing. You know, you got a Kenner original run. You know, figure. that's cool. It's pretty kind of neat. He's like pretty much the only one I have. Like Dave would show show us his toy shelf, and we'd all just. I'd be like, shame, shame. Oh, yeah, here, here we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right here on. we go. Here right we go. on. <laughs> I still want to pick up that queen and repaint it. I just, I, but yeah. I'm like, man, what am I going to have time to do it? But, yeah. yeah. The, fly, the winged queen, that was a really cool thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just found out recently, I had no idea that that was supposed to be an animated series. Yeah, yeah. they tried for that. Yeah, it's supposed to parallel that RoboCop show they had right. back in the day, right? I just showed my son uh, an episode of that, and he was like, "These are pretty cool." <laughs> He's like, "Can yeah. I watch the movie?" I'm like, "I don't know." It's in a yeah. bit of a different dimension. I can see why Aliens never went to series. Pretty hard to work with chest bursting monsters. Yeah, on a Saturday morning. Yeah. yeah, but it explains a lot with those with those figures. You look at them, and you're like, "Huh, what is?" Why does Lance Henderson's character look like that? Bishop didn't look like that in the film. And, Why are right. some of these people wearing football caps and jerseys? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but I think like my original point, like you know, the the APC is still going to be made. That's that's a toy that still be made. People will still make memorabilia. I think it's because it was such an impactful film. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure there's NECA products of this film. I'm sure there's, you know, you can probably find the Wolf Alien or the Fred Alien and that stuff. Yeah. But I, I think, you know, obviously as you start to make more and more sequels, the less care, uh, the less concern the studios, have, which is always odd to me because it's like the thing about horror films, um, you know, is they're always kind of the, the studio savers for the most part, all the mm. way from Universal to till now. They're inexpensive. Mm-hmm. They bring in those crowds, especially kids with a lot of disposable income, <laughs> and um, so spend the time, you know, right. make it cool. You know, yeah. uh, I'm a huge wolf. And man. you're right. Let us all ring the shame bells together at Paramount. Fix Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> bring it back. Oh God! Please. I am so sick of them messing with my Jason. Uh, I love him. Yeah. I loved mm-hmm. the reboot. They even did a good reboot a few years ago, and they're messing with the IP now. Yeah. Well, a, and, and I mean, that's the thing though, is, and rights change hands, and then you have the problem yeah. where the original creators is like, you can have part of the name, you can't have yeah. part of the name. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and the thing with horror and sci fi is like a big budget helps, but you don't need it. You don't. Like the, the alien short films even showed you could make the alien scary with not a lot of money. Yeah, that was yeah, some good can. stuff there. Keep yeah. keep it simple, stupid. It's but <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like the the biggest problem, of course, is always 
um, getting the word out. And, and as you know, your budget is doubled essentially. Once you make a film, now you got to put billboards, bus stop ads, yeah, web stuff. Your budget goes up exponentially. So mm-hmm. although you can make a, a small film, it's hard to get as much notoriety out there to where people know, go and see it. Unfortunately, with, with this pandemic, one of the, uh, not a benefit, I want to say, but obviously it's changing the flow of how studios are going to do business. You're starting to see a lot of things that are just going to go, okay, we're just going to release it on HBO Max. We're just going to release it on Amazon Prime. We're just going to release it on this. Yeah, direct market. Direct market. And it also is eliminating the, the idea of putting butts in seats in the theater. So they're taking a good chunk that would go, the profit that would go to the theaters and the theater chains and putting it directly in their pockets so that now that 300, 500 plus million dollar film that you made, that's going to be a tent pole. Mm-hmm. You are going to recoup more of that money right away. And I, I think, unfortunately yeah. it's a dangerous thing because I don't want to see theaters go away, but no, you know, knowing how long it might take to rectify the problems of the world we have currently. Right. I think you're going to see a lot of new, uh, what should be in theaters type stuff rolling straight out to digital. And that's going to change the way filmmaking is and, and, and movies are seen. Absolutely. Yeah. I love going to the movies, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an experience. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's like, I know today's audience could sometimes be frustrating if they're playing with their phone or yeah. something, but nothing, nothing beats going to the movies. Like it's convenient sitting at home, renting it for whatever 20 bucks 15 bucks whatever it is and mm-hmm. but i like going to the movies let me spend my 18 dollars on a popcorn and soda you know yeah. that, when you go with your friends or well i was like you know, and and the imax experience it's, it's oh for sure because it was like I me mean, and my brother we went and seen the avengers movies we did the double bill avengers movies and like we did that double bill like where we, we there was the act break right where you know it's like, you know, you go from Infinity War to Endgame or whatever, but like me and him were both just, you know, like Dave said, you know, it's the experience. We were committed, you know. Yeah, and the audience that. participation when the crowd roars. Yeah. Or, oh, oh, yeah. So like, can't beat it. Hearing the kids being crushed at the end of Infinity War. Like, I mean, they're seeing their heroes <laughs> going down. I mean, it was powerful. Like, I mean, I wasn't... Yeah. I wasn't bawling my eyes out, but I could, you could, it was palpable to see the kids lose their heroes. For a second yeah. there, Michael, I thought, did I miss it? You cool. didn't any war, they crushed kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you meant like, <laughs> that was no, a, no, 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 no. That was an unrated <laughs> cut. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he did snap, he did snap away some children we could say in context, but let's not, let's not make it too dark here. Yeah. Alien's a dark enough franchise. We, we don't want to talk, we don't well, want to talk the MCU into the dark. They're, they're now owned by the same company who makes yep. them. Just saying yeah. so. Yeah. It's all in line together now. It's true. All under the mouse's house. But I mean, but looking at companies like Touchstone, I mean, Fox is just going to do Fox business, I think. I don't see him mucking it too much. Lucas was, Lucas, he detached himself from Fox, sold to Disney separately. So it's kind of a different structure, I guess, because Fox sold themselves, right? I mean... Where Lucasfilms yeah. was already done with Fox when they went to Disney. So. Yes, yes. I don't know. It's, it's a complicated marriage, definitely. It's a complicated yeah. marriage. And the thing is, though, like, I mean, obviously it's a business. And if they see potential in 
in a franchise existing longer, then obviously it's going to exist longer. I mean, oh, yeah, I, man. I, Hiring I, Noah Hawley was brilliant. Noah Hawley getting hired, that's so brilliant. Yep. He's such a great right TV mouth. man. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's a good TV brain. He's a great creative. I'm really impressed. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, it, it. I, I think the problem with, with horror and sci-fi, obviously, is it's the unlikability. For, obviously, they're niche genres. Like, we adore yeah, them, yeah. obviously. Um, and and it's always difficult to get, you know, you Captain America, uh, you know, out there, and people are like, love it or hate it. It's supposed to be a good guy. You put a Freddy or a Jason Voorhees or or an alien or a predator out there, you're going to limit the amount of people who are going to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also it can be whatever the last version of it is is going to determine whether or not they're going to go forward. I thought Dread was a Fantastic film. Red was oh, incredible. Yes. Carl oh Urban is a genius actor. It, he is such a, a great, good genre actor. Yeah, it's a great, great film, but it didn't find the love at the time. So I don't know if they're going to be inclined to ever do a sequel for that to where we'll ever see Carl in that helmet again. Um, I think now with Pred- uh, with the Predator, um, again, it doesn't perform well. So then the studios are kind of hesitant to take that mantle again without because i mean honestly if we're making a predator alien movie it's going to have to be have somewhat of a budget because if you want to get yeah, your yeah. eyes or your yeah. the effects uh, you know then you know you're gonna you're gonna have to shell out some coin um and i think that it's going to be i don't know we'll see i'm i'm hoping that the predator franchise isn't dead i don't think it will be i don't i don't think the aliens franchise is dead by a long shot disney loves to remake stuff obviously yeah exactly um, and yeah. to be to be fair even this franchise in their eyes as a business property could be something that isn't dead right like like they you could, say they, or they could sell it off to someone like a blumhouse or something yeah, that's like, repurpose yeah. it right yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, at least disney is giving this a shot i mean they already have a new predator movie um that's in production true. they got the, yeah. the green light yep yeah it's i think it's a yeah, it's um script development at the t- yeah, at the moment, can't, right? Can't think of the freaking blanking out in the name. Um, we got the Alien TV show. Um, they're showcasing the comics already, so yeah. Uh, oh right, because that that Marvel deal, right? Yeah, now they're in with Marvel. Yeah. Dark House's contracts are over, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I I think with Alien and Predator, and now it's in the hands of Disney. Uh, Disney as you know, honestly, for the longest time, I thought once Disney bought out most of 20th century, I, I thought they were just going to kind of can the, the fr- those franchises. I thought they had zero interest in them and or just, uh, you know, like like Trent said, you know, sh- you know, give them away the Bloom House or A24 or some other production company. Uh, but then, you know, we got the recent announcement about the, the new Alien series that's coming out by Noel Hawley and we got the new predator movie coming out and, and Disney, Disney has a, they have a vision, I guess, for these franchises. Yeah. And, um, you know, they, I think I, I like Disney, some of their decisions, you know, that they did with the star Wars films were not my favorite, but, uh, but then you have like the Mandalorian and you've seen what they're doing with their streaming services and, they just seem like they have this grand vision. I, I kind of hope that for the, for these franchises, you know, that's because I, they really need people behind them that are very passionate and want to make yeah, I agree. something that 
you know, Dave, Dave, Dave Filoni is very much a flagship on that kind of thing. That guy <laughs> mm-hmm. understands Star Wars in a way that I think Kathleen Kennedy could be accused of not knowing Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, Wars. exactly. Yeah. And if, I think, I if think we're being the idea of, because uh, it's like, you know, like uh, Black had just done The Predator, and there's all kinds of rumors back and forth about the re edits and all that stuff. And obviously, you right. can watch it, you can see, like, that's obviously a committee. You know that making those decisions like those oh yeah so yeah he's made good films he's he's made really good films mm-hmm. oh yeah he, and he's made really good films with effects and stuff and he's written some really great stuff and uh, and fred decker is, is an accomplished filmmaker and stuff and it feels like a malign kind of end product i think the problem is and disney has shown us that they you know they can be trusted obviously with a franchise like star wars mandalorian is kind of it's it's the outlier in a sense of obviously it is in that universe and obviously we're still getting without you know revealing too much there's there's characters that appear that you know right mm-hmm. but for the most part it's all brand new mm-hmm. and they have they have faith in a Filoni uh, they have faith in and um, uh, Christ I can't remember the director too Favreau uh, Favreau Filoni Favreau and Filoni together yeah production yeah. team I think one's the senior executive one's the junior executive and Tiki Watiti apparently has given like several things as well now as far as the Star Wars thing um, what is it uh, Bryce uh, what Bryce, is it? Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard she's yeah. contributed mm-hmm. quite a bit as well she's right in mm-hmm. there I guess yeah. she's but loving I think it. that's the problem is is you know a lot of times studios will will kind of green light something they'll they'll all pretend to read the script see the storyboard see the production art and stuff and then at the very last second they second guess everything and suddenly they're coming in and, and, and making these changes. And, and with the Mandalorian on paper, it shouldn't work. If right. you, had, if you yeah. told me it's a bounty hunter, it's not Boba Fett, but it's kind of like Boba Fett and he never takes off his helmet and there's a baby Yoda. And I'm like, I'm out. That's stupid. And the, Oh, he's going to speak in uh in sand people too in, in one episode you're like what that's <laughs> you're totally yeah. right Even when i saw the premise you're, you're totally right. the premise, i'm like this on isn't paper, gonna work. i'm like that's not and, and i i sat down i watched that first episode and i sat back and i i am a huge yeah. fan of samurai cinema and all i could say was lone wolf and little cub in yeah. outer space <laughs> i love this show man and and there's a heavy influence of spaghetti westerns and there's a heavy yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. sergio leone's in yeah. there too exactly yeah. But exactly. and it's obviously Kurosawa too. There's huge samurai stuff in there. Um, yeah, totally. But, the two and now I'm, I'm like eating my words. So I think, you know, uh, if if they're in, if they're invested in a series, well, then that kind of you know uh, gets my hopes really up because right, yeah, you know, you can you can do a lot in a film, but in a series, you're really going to have to. Yeah. Be, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah the way they just rounded it off without saying anything obviously for the f- sake of folk out there right but i mean that just shows you a real respect for canon right yeah, yeah. the and way they pulled that off right? yeah it was amazing what's, what's great what's impressive with the mandalorian and complete opposite type show cobra kai is both of them take an existing franchise they, they love their own, their own canon they love their own canon they obviously love it they get people involved who also enjoy it and when they bring in yes. other big name characters they don't do it to go hey, look look remember this character it's it it's organic yeah. it fits in the story it's not done just to be done exactly like, and if we're, we're going to keep it 100 
the Alien franchise, as much as I love Alien 3, since Aliens, Fox had no idea what the fuck to do. It's yeah. been, and, and, and to get it's my been full time, unorganized. It's been messier than my dating history. It's a exactly. disaster. We kind of, we kind of, we kind of bash, we kind of bash Paramount with the Pinata earlier, and Paramount and their CBS partners are doing. It's a similar situation with Star Trek. Yeah. I mean, it's, an, it's a mess. I love you're, three. You're, you're polarizing fandom with these, these yeah. Star Trek and Star Trek and Alien turns. They're, ah, they're, they're, they're flawed, pre, but I enjoy pre, the prequels, but... prequels. Prequels that break with their own canon, though, in Star Trek yeah. and Alien. Yeah. It's the yeah, problem. They both people change people the get rules really, and yeah. there's no people consistency. Get, exactly. it's, but it's a, it's a double-edged sword because... Yeah, exactly. It's tricky find, business. It's like, very tricky. Look at look at the Terminator franchise. You get Cameron on board for the last two. I mean, he obviously had more of an influence on this last one than he did the, the one before that, but he gave it his thumbs up. We won't talk about Genesis. <laughs> talk about anything past two if you don't want to. But uh, yeah, I think that's a better way. Uh, but it, it I like Salvation. Where it's like you've got some of the original. I mean, and to be honest with you, like I am a gigantic Ridley Scott fan mm-hmm. to a point, and his. Alien movie, you know, the first one, I'm like, this is this is amazing. And when I heard that he was going to do another, I thought this is going to be incredible. And then I just kind of went, all right, well, that wasn't for me. Fine. Mm. And then when the second one started showing up, and I'd seen more about it, I'm like, I think I'm, I think I'm good right now. I'll watch. <laughs> it yeah. And I've still yet to see it. So it can be dangerous. I mean, you know, you being a fan of, of uh, Voorhees, it's like, you know, that like, here's the, here's the father of this thing. And he's like, we got to lose that stupid mask. Uh, now, God forbid we take the, the one thing that everybody knows, <laughs> you know, it's, but it's, it's like, I it's like it's that like, left turn in Halloween three. Like we're going to do a movie without the shape. And it's like, are you insane? No, but see, I love that. I honestly, <laughs> I, I think, I it, look. It's and my my daughters and I have this argument because they're like, "Dad, it's a stupid movie." I'm like, "I'm not." No. <laughs> I'm with your daughters, man. Yeah. Totally. But I hated, like they try Halloween three. So I dig it now. Yeah, yeah. I, I I love it. I, I is it, it preposterous? Of course it is. But, but I do I do love O'Hurley though. I mean, he's great, right? He's oh, the yeah. RoboCop boss, right? You know. You're fired, dude! Bang! <laughs> and then he blows him out the window. Oh, yeah. uh, Plus, he's also the go- he's also Greg in the Last Starfighter. That's right. Don't worry, Daniel. Oh, the I Frontier. Got to watch that movie again. Oh, <laughs> Last Starfighter's movie. brilliant. The CG's awesome. That's the earliest iteration that. of that's the earliest iteration of Trent's business, right there, man. Like Last yeah. Starfighter was the genesis, man. Uh, yeah, it was one of super. Them. The super computers were punching really early CG up right yep. then and there. Tron and it basically benchmark movies right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, it's like you know, I mean, if we can, if you can get someone who's a, obviously a very competent, you know, figurehead, or because in, in the sense of, I mean, Favreau doesn't direct every episode. Obviously, he's directed a few. Yeah, it's other people involved. Filoni is obviously kind of taking the reins and and knows the lore uh marvel obviously has feige he's you know someone who is going to champion that if you can get someone behind that franchise mm-hmm. and obviously if they're again if they're talking about a series they've got to have big ideas and, and again after wrapping up with the mandalorian i'm like my faith has been restored right yeah. i now yeah. trust the house of mouse again yeah right and i I'm think looking uh, forward i'm anticipating yeah. what they're going to show us next I, yeah. I want Favreau I to concur. have Kennedy's job. That is my opinion, very <laughs> strongly. Yeah. I mean, it, Star Wars is is a tricky thing. It's it's like you know the 
the idea of, of trying to make something new well you've already pissed off half the fans so then yeah. make, so then make something for you know the old well now you've pissed off the, half the fans <laughs> and yeah. you know uh, you look at when the force awakens comes out and you go well it's kind of just this one and this one this it's like well yeah they, they're hitting all the hits man they're just gonna play all the hits yeah it's greatest hits movie yeah. pretty and much jj yeah. dumped member berries all over that yeah. movie but it was all and, right, though. I didn't mind it. But like, I I also like the outliers a lot. Like, I love Rogue One. I love Solo. I think it's a. I love Solo. Film. Yeah, I really, I really like Rogue so One. Good. That's basically like Saving Private Ryan in space. I Save love Rogue Ryan. One, man. Yeah. Suicide mission Absolutely. with awesome soldiers. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's it's the downer episode that no one remembers. They're like, "Where we died?" Like, did you guys not see the other films when they talk about that? <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of death in Star Wars. People, wake up. Yeah. yeah. Plus, you get the Vader scene that I've wanted to see since I was. Oh man! Oh, oh my yeah. god! The way he just stomps out You know, that's take it, take it. That's interference for a good thing. Like that was not in the original, and somebody else came in and said. You've got to put something big here. Right. You got Darth yeah. Vader in this movie, man. Put him That's in there. Darth, Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. He's rolling at people and he's cutting them in half and sticking them on the ceiling. I'm like, this is what I wanted as a child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's right. Yeah, that but now, really... when you go back and you watch the original movies and Luke does like a flip and he's like, impressive yeah it really is (laughs) now now that part where he where he's hoisting the guy in the ship in the next part like in the beginning of the next movie and he's like where is she and he's just cranked angry and you're like yeah he is mad he just cut down like 60 of your soldiers (laughs) yeah Yeah. I don't know. I, I have faith now. now I'm glad yeah. you're going to come to uh, this podcast and have a great time. And now I'm also finding out new information. I had no idea they had a, a series. There you go. So, yeah. win, win. Happy yeah. to help. There you go. Not a lot. Our uh, job here is done. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not a ton of info on it, but we just know that Noah Hawley is yeah. leading it. And uh, the thing that a lot of people news. are a little concerned about is that it's also taking place on Earth. Um but it's, I think it's going to explore the co- the company and. Oh, I hope so. Um, yeah. and, and I and I agree, Ryan. Looking at Legion, he can explore like you know those kinds of head game things without mm-hmm. using a lot of budget or having to have a monster in yeah. it or something, and explore like you say the company and you know maybe them building towards sending a mission mm-hmm. to like you know yeah. go out. Give me, there, give me right? some. Wayland Utani corporate espionage, and because the thing mm-hmm. with the alien, it's such a cool beast where you could have it as like an a overarching looming character you don't see too much, but it still have an effect on the entire story. Right. Yeah. yeah it's like I, a fear, you know that. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, it's like look, uh, you know, and I'm obviously I think. Uh, probably in the, in the minority in this, but like there are things in resurrection that I really like. And that's what they, oh, no, same here. Mm-hmm. they have Absolutely. the bio weapons thing. It's like the mm-hmm. fact the bio weapons division is finally being sh- kind of shown. And then you also see that, you know, the lengths they're willing to go to, which is, you know, get pirates to hijack a ship because we need fodder to put these. Things. <laughs> yeah. We need hosts. yeah. It reminded like, me of the, right. of the comics. It was basically yeah. achieving what dark horse had tried to show yeah. a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know it's and there's some great elements in it. Um, you know, unfortunately, story-wise, okay, it, it you know it's yeah. 
Yeah. It gets, it gets kind of wonky, too, but... Um, Whedon was finding his legs as a scriptwriter. He just didn't have it there yet. Well, and he may have. That's the thing is, it's a, you know, it, this, what, what was started off as a draft and what we see in the finished film can be two different things. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like. I did like the way he took the Betty crew and created the Firefly concept out of that, though, which yeah. was really good because I enjoy Firefly and Serenity a lot. I had a friend introduce me to it. I never knew anything about it, and he's like, "Watch this show about the Wild West and space." And I'm like, "Dude, you're not even into sci-fi and stuff." He's like, <laughs> "He's like," and 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 he just completely like like left blindsided me with it, and I was out of left field. I'm like, "Well, this is an amazing show." And I look at the name on it, and it's like Josh Whedon. And I'm like, "The guy who wrote Alien Resurrection." Wow, he's gotten a lot better. And then he does the Avengers a few years later and blows your head right off. I mean, yeah. the guy yeah, knew what little, he was um, doing there. A little well, Wayland uh, nod like, in one of the Firefly episodes, too. Yeah, there is. It's uh, There's like a gun turret system, and you see yeah, in yeah, the yeah. corner in the heads-up display, it shows a little Wayland brand. <laughs> and it's like part of the componentry or something is mm. in that supposedly well, or and like the stuff that cameron does in the director's cut you know which is it's sad to think that that part of the of the story is taken out because it's so significant mm-hmm. it's for, the same uh, it's the same with the abyss too he a lot yeah. of that movie was removed by yeah. his director's cut is the ideal vision of that movie as well yeah, same with perfect. aliens i like both of them with that yeah. expanded vision and added to it but just the idea that you get to see these people you you see you know the 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 miners you see the, or the uh the shaken bay colony yeah and when they're just like look somebody saw something on a grid go and just go check it out okay yes mm-hmm. it's a claim and you see newt's parents and it's like okay now we we have granted even without that you because the actress does a great job you still feel her pain because of her loss but we as as an audience get to go well, this is what Ripley is fighting for. This is why she's like nuke this place. You yeah. Know? Well, like, even the, even the added gravity from the Amanda Ripley scene, which has added even more sauce now with isolation, dealing yep. with the history of Amanda Ripley, mm-hmm. and so you know there's a whole history behind that character that she never knew. So it's like kind of yeah. cool. You know? Yeah. You get a lot of mm-hmm. impact out of that scene, especially if you've played isolation or you're familiar with the Amanda Ripley character a little more in depth. It's pretty interesting, like you say. It just Cameron adds a lot of, there's a lot more emotional baggage to pack into the movie. Uh, what is, there's a quote out of Superior Firepower, it's the documentary about making the movie, and it's 40 Miles of Rough Road was what a friend told him yep. about the movie. Yep. And, yep. Yep. Yeah, and it's just, I love the director's cut of that movie. Oh, and especially, the, and special edition every day, man. Yeah, I yeah. love it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the, the, the Century drones and, and, uh, yeah, the stuff with Newt's folks, the stuff with with Waylon Tutani, and 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 just the whole bioweapons thing. Yeah, that was, I love that so scene. Exploring a bioweapons, you know, and it's been done in a million sci-fi films, but it's like, yeah, if you can take a series where you're getting kind of the, you know, the the idea of the a bioweapons division, yeah, yeah building yeah. it up, building it up, yeah. exactly. Yeah, let's yeah. Let's imagine let's you see, see a what what they, soldiers get. Uh, see what they're willing to do. <laughs> yeah. How do, yeah. How do we? How do we end That's... up with those armored guys you see in Alien Three? Like those kind of guys finding out about them being recruited or something, right? right? Yeah. You know, like bioweapons shock troopers or whatever those yeah. guys were, right? I mean, yeah, pretty yeah. interesting. And just you know, and and do a you know do a, if you have to budgetary wise, and and just for the sake of not showing too much, do like the the raptor scene in Jurassic Park when you see the cow come down, and then it's just. It's just foliage that's being shaken yeah. and you hear carnage. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. But if yeah. you had a platoon, guerrilla warriors in the middle of you know Nicaragua or something, and suddenly you just see a something just get dropped, doom, just a crate, right? Opens up, and then that high pitch, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Gun, gunfire going. And you're like, I'm in, yeah. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. inject yeah. it directly into my vein. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it's a circle back on a requiem. Um, the one good thing that I well, one of the cool things too that um, doesn't get discussed with the movie is that Blu-ray has some really cool special features. If for some reason, if any of you have the physical Blu-ray disc, the special features are really cool. I do. I have that. That, ex, that extras disc is a huge archive it's filled. Like you go through, it's almost like a Wayland archive or some shit, yeah, right? Exactly. It's so cool. It's how I found so, out the so name cool. of the. I never knew the name of the predator species because I wasn't a comic book guy really yeah. much. So. I've, I'm reading this stuff and it's like it keeps saying Yaujta or whatever. Yacha. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I'm like, oh, okay. So the species has a name. I always just call them predators. That even, now, it, even that's kind of exactly. With, it's the Exactly. It's the xenomorph <laughs> thing again, right? I oh, mean, yeah. Oh. People but, get mad about it and they go, it's not a xenomorph, it's an alien. And it's <laughs> like, okay, we can count rivets all day there, model builders, you know, but like, whatever. Yeah. It's a movie, let's not stress. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yep. And and it's funny how some people get about it, though. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, well, people I, get I, intense. I'm, I'm a Trekkie, not a Trekker. It's like, who gives a <laughs> shit? You like Star Trek. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, you know, look, we're sci fi nerds, and it's like, you know, the yeah. shit. Things we live for. Yeah, we die on our hills for our things. I watched watched a 40 minute video of a guy who had reconstructed the cantina scene in a four foot model that sits on his coffee table the other day. And I'm just like, (laughs) you got that character, and you got that character, and you got that. I had to build this one because they don't make a figure. I'm like, yeah, it's it's the things that 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 we love. I mean, uh, whatever the hell that alien's name is, that kind of makes a oh, 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 sound. <laughs> and that's the first one you see in the Mandalorian when he when he blows the the flute and he goes no drill. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like that thing was just. I'm sure it was just like right before they shot it. They're like, right, George needs another alien love. You take that gas mask and put some some paper mache on it, real quick. <laughs> yeah. Flag. All right, done. And it's like, yeah, but now that. The, that's a figure that kids are playing with mm-hmm. in the Mandalorian for crying out loud. Yeah. The, the uh, shuttle bus that I had as a kid that, that was just outside of frame. That was whole Kenner's thing was they made toys that you didn't quite see in the movie, but it could have been in that world. Right. And yeah. it was the, that stormtrooper thing where you put the stormtroopers on either side and they had six buttons on top and it made sounds from the movie. It was awesome and then when it showed up in the mandalorian i'm like I'm buying it for my son yeah. not so much for him yeah. but so we can have yeah. it in the house it doesn't make the sounds anymore but it's got like you can put, it looks like the drop ship when you mm-hmm. open it yeah. up like that's that's the, the drop ship yeah everything. that's so rad that's yeah. they're doing all these that's a big especially if you're toy collecting or you're into stuff there's so many cool like retro lines now with gi joe and star wars and uh, yeah it's bad well, that's bad uh, account. I've been watching that uh, that Transformers series on Netflix. I think there, the War for Cybertron, and I, I mean, even out. I mean, for myself, it's like I mean, it just takes me right back into 1985, 86 when I was a kid. I love Transformers, and 
I used to own them when I was a kid. And it's just watching it on TV now and actually liking this new show. It's like, wow, I want to buy one just for a shelf standy, just yeah. one, just yep. to have Optimus even. Yep. It, mm-hmm. it would be that much, you know, because, yeah. you know, like you say, it's, it's, you know, it's the thing. It's our affectation. It's what we yep. like, you know, yep. the passion. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think we've covered everything. <laughs> Wrapped a good one this time. I think uh, everything. I think that's a good way to uh, to uh, to end it. So yeah. Does anyone have any parting words, thoughts for the uh, much maligned uh, AVP Requiem? <laughs> All I can say at the end of it is, is I have hope that maybe we'll get another movie in the future. Don't necessarily have to be connected to these two. Maybe it can be a whatever you want to call it, soft reboot, reboot, sequel removed, you know, second cousin or whatever. I don't care. But, you know, Mm -hmm. the concept of going back to it would be neat. I mean, uh, Rebellion's game in 2010, I think. They talked, you know, they they brought in some really cool elements for that game. It was like they had the Colonial Marines. They had a jungle planet. They had a predator pyramid. They had a whale and Utani colony and it was called Freya's Prospect. What an awesome name. It even sounded like it fit in the whole aesthetic of the series. And it just it it even had as far as going like with David Whale David Bishop Whalen at the end of the game. And that's like voiced by Lance Henriksen. Yeah. And that's the mm-hmm. same character from Alien Three. It just felt like it had a continuity. It fit in the universe and it made sense and it just had a story that would have fit perfectly and it's like Trent said earlier I mean I wish we had 300 million dollars for this movie to be made because that's <laughs> the kind of movie we want we want the predator planet we want a jungle planet we want aliens on an alien world like and it doesn't even have to be expensive I mean look at Rodriguez what does he do he tricks you out with a sky with three moons in it instead of one yeah and, and that tells you yeah. you're on a different planet you're in an alien jungle now so to do this it it, it, it could be done smartly with the right kind of writing and the right kind of story planning. You could save yourself a buck or two going in certain directions. You might get, you might get nailed for not being the most alien Giger-esque world or something if you went with something like that, but it's a more achievable thing. I mean, mm-hmm. something like Hive World, oh, that's a pretty expensive prospect. A lot of CG extensions of sets and stuff, and it's a trickier business. I mean, putting a predator pyramid on just some sort of, you know, severe planet of some kind, right. You know, jungle, whatever desert, you know, whatever you wanted. Right. You know, mm-hmm. Preferably somewhere hot, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but anyways, yeah. Like that's just kind of a parting shot is yeah. Like it'd be nice to see another one. I mean, even a show, if this alien show takes off, do something like that. Maybe even later on down the line, look at how the Mandalorian's gone. Introduce predators into the show later. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I'm not Fox. I'm not Disney. I can't call the shots on it. I just, they'll do what they do and we'll get what we get. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. And we can hope for the best though. Definitely. I would say uh, wrapping it for me, um, being a kid who, who adored this stuff as a, and, and, and talking to you gentlemen today and, and, and seeing that obviously I, you know, I wasn't the only one and, and not just the love of the films, but the love of the making of the craft and all that stuff. If you're out there and you're passionate and you have something in mind, whether it's the fan film uh, or it's the, uh, your own creation, you have something at your disposal. If you're listening to this podcast, odds are you're either on a computer, you're on a phone or something along those lines. 
you have a camera, you have a microphone. Take the time to put your thoughts out there. Make that project because who knows? We could be talking about your series, your film in the next 10, 20 years. So take the time to not allow the limitations and think you have to be in Hollywood. You don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, guy, the brothers Strauss did not come from Hollywood. They, they were East Coast guys, I think. Uh, they didn't go to film school, but they got to direct a film. Yes, there's, you know, multiple steps to, the, to their career. I myself was a kid in the middle of the desert in California and, and got to work on an Aliens vs. Terror movie along with lots of other stuff and got to do my podcasts with my friends and stuff. But if you're passionate about this stuff, maybe it's just making a podcast. Maybe it is just, just putting your voice out there, showing your love, and odds are you're going to find other people who share your common interests. And who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my final thought. Well said. Yeah, I guess I would say that I, you know, in terms of AVP Requiem and the AVP, the two AVP movies that twenties that Fox made, you know, that overall, yeah, they they, I guess uh, were were fail you know failures overall, but it doesn't mean that that Disney can't revive it. And who knows? I mean, if they got this new Alien series coming out, they have the new you know, the new Predator film that's directed by the 10 Cloverfield Lane um, person, Dan Trachtenberg. Dan Trachtenberg, yeah, yeah. And, you know, they're being produced and at the same time, who knows if they're going to be linking these series up, if they have a potential AVP uh, reboot in the future. Um, there are great stories that can be told with it. Uh, I just, I just hope that they... I know Disney obviously has the financial resources, uh, but I just hope they have the, the, the heart for it too, you know, and the, uh, the passion for it and they get the right people like they did for the, the Mandalorian. And um, I think they did. And I, I just hope they, they invest wisely, you know, not just a lot of money, but just, um, uh, it doesn't even have to be a long way, just that they invest the, the right amount of time and the right people. And hopefully they stick to practical, more practical effects. Cause I think that just, it just feels more real when you look at like the original films, original alien films, predator, when they use practical yeah, especially effects. With these franchises, practical effects just work. Play yeah. It, it just feels like you're in the world. You know, you feel like when you're in the room yep. with a space jockey, you feel like this is otherworldly, you know, this isn't anywhere on huh. earth. Um, when you're there with Kane and there's all the eggs sitting there, I mean, it doesn't, it's just, you're transported and that's really what a big, you know, I think that makes a huge difference. You know, people want to be transported to these other places and uh, invested in these, in these worlds. So that's kind of my hope for the future of the franchise and like Trent, you know, I have a new, newfound faith for the, the, you know, the house of the mouse. So yeah, we'll see, <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> yeah. I asked to piggyback up what all three of you said. Uh, I agree completely. I have a new faith in the franchise in terms of AVP and Requiem. Um, I used to say I'd be like for them to base something off the comics, but with the comics now starting anew, I don't know if they're going to pick up any of the dark horse stuff or do their own. Um, I'm going to do an AVP comic and then maybe make a movie out of that. Mm-hmm. But I think somewhere down the road, we're going to get another AVP movie. 
uh, or at least see the franchise in some form. I don't know what it's going to be, but I think right. they're going to wait to see what happens with the relaunches or the Marvel Disney versions of mm-hmm. uh, the franchise before they go do so, but I don't think it's dead. Um, I think both franchises are kind of going to be reborn again because like you guys said, Marvel loves redoing, relaunching stuff. I don't know if they're going to ignore the old movies, start new, but um, I think we'll eventually get another AVP and hopefully it'll be done right, done with some sort of care and love. But um, I think it's still going to go on. Oh, yeah. I agree. Hopefully it'll be done properly. Fingers crossed. Yes. Yes. And of course, before we close, it's always shameless promotion time, plug time. Trent, you have anything you want to plug before we uh, sign off? Go for uh, it. Have sure. No shame. Shout uh, it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I appear on a show called King Falls AM. I was in a show called Red Rhino. Uh, I am going to be on a new show called uh, Improv on Tape. Um, uh, you can find it on in Apple Podcasts. You can find it, uh, I think, on Amazon. You can find it on um, anywhere you can find a podcast. Essentially, nice. uh, that's my shameless plug. <laughs> and uh, podcast, no, okay. <laughs> and yeah, we. I, I'd love to, you know, in the description for the episode, you know, put uh, you know links to if you have a website, yeah, uh, yeah, social definitely. media accounts, sure. you know, so people can yeah, yeah. find yeah. out more information about what you're doing. We're up to, they can stalk you. We will know. plug away. <laughs> we are shameless. Yeah. We are shameless in the high yeah, right. Completely. No regard for anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, excellent. Uh, speak, yeah. Speaks funny thing with a uh, hive mind, uh, Jamie over at Perfect Predator, Perfect Organism, blah, 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 um, was uh, informed me. I'm a big fan of the show Expanse. Huge, gigantic fan. And, my opinion is the best sci-fi show out there. It's fucking perfection. Mm-hmm. One of the production studios is named A Hive Mind. I thought that was pretty <laughs> funny. I had no idea. Oh, well. You're <laughs> Sorry, genius. guys. Oh, well. Watch the watch yeah. these fans, people. Fucking watch it. But anyway, it's, uh, um, whenever I found out Naren Shankar was the producer, I read up on, and, I, and I just laughed because like watching old Star Trek episodes, TNG, Voyager, and uh, Deep Space Nine, his name's always popping up. You see him, he's a script writer. So, I mean, that was a guy who knew how to write good Star Trek before, you know, Alex Kurtzman took it over. But, you know, it's good that he went over. Ending, not getting started. All right, it's good brother. that he went over to the Expanse. <laughs> the breaks. It's, it's good that he did go over to the Expanse, though, because he took some good storytelling with him. Because you're not joking, Dave. It's, it's a very good story. I've only yeah. seen bits and pieces of it, but, I mean, what my brother was watching i saw was pretty cool i mean once that gate shows up later it gets pretty exciting <laughs> yes 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 well i want you guys to promise me that if they make another avp or a uh, alien series you're going to call me back and we're going to do another podcast oh yeah for we sure might, we might call you back yeah. anyway yeah <laughs> you were excellent you were, uh, oh, <laughs> pleasure having you on yeah, oh, it, was, it, was, it was my pleasure voice. our yeah. first guest panelist but, uh, thank you you can check us Two Degenerates on Facebook, uh, the Facebook page, the Facebook group, the Hive Mind, uh, the Twitter feed, which uh, me and Trent linked up at uh, Xenomorphing426 on the Twitter machine. Um, subscribe to us uh, on Spotify, 
Podbean, Apple Music, Google Music. I think we're just about everywhere. Um, yeah. Check us out. Um, any other plugs? I forgot. I always fucking forget shit. Oh no no no! Worlds of Tomorrow. My group. Thank you. My group carries the link for this podcast. Uh, we've got associate sites. Uh, what is it? Uh, the AVP Galaxy. Right. Perfect Studio U- Studio Utani. There is several. Uh, what else is there? Origai Six Facebook group. Yes. Uh, there are several. Gateway Station for the comics. Yeah. For sure. There are sources out there, people. If you want to know about this stuff, it's, uh, it's out Come there. Nerd out with us. Yeah. Definitely. Show your love for Always Alien. Fun. I'll put Dave's so Tinder profile, last, um... too, on the description. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so with, with that, we're done. Well, on the look. look out. <laughs> with the end of the Requiem uh, podcast, we've officially knocked out all the movies. So it should get should get a we'll get a little different from here on in. We'll go a little video games, go a little comics, with it being the thirty fifth uh, anniversary of Aliens, and maybe we'll do a novels, little, novels. Well, novels. I'm we'll, gonna have um, to start reading novels because I got no more movies yeah. left to talk about. <laughs> didn't know you could read that. That's good. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just I just I tend not to read much of this. Actually, I used to. I used to read a lot of the novels, but I. I think it was when they changed publishing houses, I lost touch with them, eh? Because <laughs> um, I think no. it was, they went from Ballantine and now they're Titan books, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Titan see. Titan some good shit. Yeah, Oof. see, whenever they switched over to Titan, Oof. I lost track of the novel lines. I just yeah. didn't really stay in with them. But um, more content coming. Mix for it sure. up, get a little fun. As always, thanks for listening, putting up with our shit. Have a wonderful night, everybody. Stay weird. All right, take care, Sign guys. Bye.